Earlier this week, the uh, London Food Bank announced the 33rd edition of the uh, Thanksgiving Food Drive was a record breaker during the 10-day drive. 30,000 pounds of food was collected and about $110,000 as well. So that uh, was translated into pounds of food because they used the money for the food. And so that worked out to a total of 74,000 pounds of food. According to the latest figures, about 8,000 people and just over 3,000 families use the London Food Bank each month. As we have said before on the program, the COVID-19 pandemic has not created new problems. What it has done is it has cast a new light on existing ones, and one of the existing issues has been food security. Later today, the Center for Studies in Food Security at Ryerson University will be holding an event talking about how Toronto has responded to the food security issue during the pandemic. It's Toronto, but a lot of what they're talking about there could apply to a lot of countries across a lot of cities across the country, including uh, London. For those interested, there will be a recording made available uh, following the event. To talk about this, we are joined by Janelle Renier-Davies, a PhD student in Environmental Applied Science and Management at Ryerson University and research intern at Durham Food Policy Council and MyTax. Uh, Janelle, I appreciate the time today. Hi, thanks for having me. I appreciate you coming on. What have you been seeing when it comes to the pandemic and uh, food security over the course of the pandemic? Yeah, so like you mentioned, we know that even before the onset of the pandemic, food insecurity was a significant public health issue for over over 4 million Canadians. The pandemic has further compromised the food security of many, but the experience of food insecurity has been uneven across Canada. Researchers, researchers have found that those living in poverty, the elderly, those with pre-existing health conditions, Indigenous peoples, newcomers, refugees, and other racialized minorities have been experiencing greater food insecurity during this time. So it's tough to really quantify food insecurity during the pandemic, given the landscape has been shifting through the waves of the pandemic. But the general understanding is that food insecurity has increased since the beginning of this pandemic. We see a lot of reports from food banks that speak to increased need, um, such as um, London Food Bank. And also Stats Canada has reported this uh, based on data collected uh, as a snapshot during the pandemic. So the response that we have seen, you know, from community uh, organizations, is, is it sustainable? So the pandemic has impacted organizations in many different ways. In some cases, we've seen some many organizations actually reduce their programming to provide only emergency supports, like, for example, food hampers or meal distribution programs, as opposed to other more engaging forms of programming, like community kitchens and community gardens. At the very beginning of the pandemic, a massive number of organizations had, um, had to close their doors, actually. A lot of organizations relied on the labor of volunteers, many of which are retirees and are considered incredibly vulnerable to the risk of the pandemic in those early days. Uh, but on the flip side, there's also been an emergence of many new initiatives founded at the grassroots level. So people experienced a need and just sprang into action to organize and respond to the heightened food insecurity in their communities. And so for many organizations, the current approach to supporting communities is not really desirable. 
Um, many organizations have figured out ways to support residents, but there's been a massive reduction in in-person interactions. So, for example, uh, social service sectors also often sit down with clients to speak to them about what their needs are, and that's much different than supporting a person with a phone call or a video call. And handing someone a box of food is much different than giving them space to choose what they need or cooking with them in person. So I think what you're what you're highlighting is the massive need and the amount of food that's being supplied for people. Is this sustainable? I, no, I think everyone would say that it's not. One of you know the big parts is always understanding where the need is and how many people are accessing uh, this. Uh, Feed Ontario has a new tool that allows people to see how many are accessing food banks in a given riding. Is this uh, is this a good idea? Is this a bad idea? What what do you make of that tool? Well, I do think that the Feed Ontario, what they've created is a useful one to really understand trends in communities. So if you're a social service organization supporting uh, your neighbourhood, that's really important data to access to to be able to prove that your work is, is needed and that you're supporting people in need. And you also have an idea of the kind of po- populations that are vulnerable in a given area and um, you have an idea of the number of people that, that need to ac- access programs. But I think one of the problems with a tool like this, it really reflects the reporting of individuals accessing programs through Feed Ontario's agency network. And what we find is that there's actually a lot of organizations operating and supporting people outside of that network. So in reality, far more people are accessing not only food banks, but other forms of food programs out there. So really the need might be much greater than even what is depicted in Feed Ontario's tools. I mentioned off the top there will be this event happening today. One of the questions that's going to be discussed, I think, is an interesting one, which is how do you, you know, move forward collectively to have uh, things more equitable, to have a more food secure future um, uh, when we have uh, a, a situation where there's emergency and uh, emergency planning in the future? How do we how do we move forward here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so despite a lot of my optimism, I'm not really certain that food security can improve without a real concerted effort made by our federal government to rethink our approaches to social support. So we see that there's a massive equity gap in Canada. And though I have massive respect for people running food programs to address food insecurity, they've only been really seeing an increase in demand um, even before the pandemic. So something has really got to give. People need to have livable wages, they need to have affordable childcare, they need to have affordable housing, and they need pensions that are high enough that people aren't living those golden years in poverty. Um, But I also want to highlight that, you know, on the ground in communities, there are always uh, advocates and leaders in the community that make a difference. So there's a really great example out there in Toronto where... um, Local Black Food Sovereignty advocates have been working with policymakers at the municipal level to ensure that, for example, Black communities have the resources and infrastructures to be food sovereign. So the idea is to move beyond food charity and to have infrastructure and resources available for communities to feed themselves appropriately. So the approach is really rights-based. 
it's not charitable-based, it's a rights-based approach. And it aims at getting people a voice in defining their own food and agricultural systems that are nourishing and culturally appropriate. So this would mean culturally rooted nutrition programs, um, access to growing space, food markets that are culturally appropriate, and infrastructure um, like community kitchens and, and sustainable funding to keep this you know, ongoing into the future. So this is just one really good example, and I applaud my colleagues that work in the space and have brought Black food sovereignty, this, this like Black food sovereignty plan to life. It's really a first of its kind, and it sets the foundation for us to rethink and reimagine what an equitable food future could look like, not just for Toronto, but for other regions across Canada. It's really interesting. It's an important topic. Uh, Janelle, I certainly appreciate the time today. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you for having me. That's uh, Janelle Renier-Davies, PhD student in Environmental Applied Science and Management at Ryerson University, also a research intern at Durham Food Policy Council and MyTax.